all of these places that I have to hit record. Hello and welcome just to family. This is giving you something to talk about live TV teacher. This episode today is sponsored by a Phoenix identity, which just happens to be my private identity coaching company. We help you reclaim your identity and what a better topic to sponsor than reinventing yourself, which is our topic today. Please go like, share, and follow the page on all of your social media accounts, whatever you're active on, and get in touch. If you'd like to be a part of the show, if you would like to be a co-host, a sponsor, or if you'd like to contribute to our blog, please do so. Connect to me at justalivetv.com. Today, again, we are doing Reinventing Yourself, which is one full topic, and our guest host today is Christine Campbell Rappin, and I hopefully I said that correctly. I always say that because I don't like a talk. <laughs> so let's hear from you. Let's introduce yourself. Tell us about you. Yeah, so good afternoon, good evening, sunshines. Welcome to this episode. Super excited to be here today because I'm a big advocate of the plot twist in life. You know, I think it's so important to recognize in my storyline, I lived in five countries, 30 cities, some more than once. I have spent time in the corporate world working in nine different industries. And today I am a successful entrepreneur. And what is really interesting, why we want to talk about this is plot twists happen, but you get to redefine success as many times as you like. And what you may have wanted six months ago or even 10 years ago might not be what you want today. So hopefully we're going to give you some good insights and tips on how to navigate that because that has been my life's work is constant reinvention. And I'm so excited about where I am. Some chapters were awful. So let's be clear. Some chapters were awful, but that's part of the journey. They make you who you are. And this is a really important conversation to have. And hopefully we can be the footprints in the sand that lead you through the path if you are at the crossroads or navigating plot twists in your own horizon. Absolutely. And that's the thing. Our identity is forever changing. We are, while those experiences, those negative or positive experiences that we go through, while they don't define who we are, they definitely impact who we are. They have us questioning our beliefs, questioning, you know, our role, where we want to go from here. I just did a TikTok and I shared it because I was super excited for this episode. And I had an experience with my own daughter this past weekend. And She's very overwhelmed. She's going through some stuff. She's 12 years old, right? Very overwhelmed and going through some stuff. And your identity is just starting to really incorporate who you are at 12 years old, right? And so she's going through some health health stuff, some mental health things. And she says, I said, you're overwhelmed. And she goes, yeah, like she didn't even think of that. And I said, you are absolutely and utterly overwhelmed. And she's stressed out. She's overwhelmed. She's feeling stuck because she, and she said, mom, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to start with because there are multiple things she wants to change. And I said, honey, that's okay. I said, do you know how you get out of that? And she goes, no, how? And I said, one change in one moment. (laughs) It's like, and I was just talking to my mother-in-law about it. I'm a smoker. So I went for a smoke with my mother-in-law before the episode because I'm like, I need to, I was all hyped up. And (laughs) so I go outside and I'm like, She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm redoing my closet right now. And I said, yeah, I said, said, think about it, right? If you're trying to cook a seven course meal, if you're trying to wash the floors, do laundry and go through your closet all at one time, it's going to be stressful. It's going to be overwhelming. You're not going to get as much done because you don't know where to start, right? Because you're trying to do all of these different things in one moment. It, that's not the point though. It's one moment at a time, right? One choice, one change, one focal point at one moment. We don't need to be stressed out all the time. We don't need to be feeling overwhelmed and just chocked full of everything we're trying to change and everything we want to do because we're all, it's, it's a humane, uh, not a humane, uh, a human, a human being's innate point of view, we are always trying to grow. No matter what that looks like, we're always trying to grow. We're always striving for something more. And when you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed, that gets caught up. We don't focus on, okay, what can I do right this second? I, last night, I put, I was trying to focus on a bunch of different things myself. And you can't see it because it's underneath my screen. But (laughs) I have 
like eight post-it notes underneath my screen right now. And each one is something different. So as I do one of those things, I'll take them off and I'll put it away. Life is like that. Reinventing yourself is like that. You can choose to do, okay, I want to lose weight. I want to eat healthy. I want to be more active. I want to do this. I want to change my hair color. I want to, whatever it is that you want to do, but focus at one thing at a time. That doesn't mean an hour later, you're focused on something else. We are multitaskers. (laughs) Sometimes it's the importance of realizing you can slow down to speed up. And I think that that's so true. I, I, I had overwhelm is in a place generally I live in. I just don't choose that. It happens. But when it happens, what's really, I, I had this episode and I actually just put a video together and put it out there and shared it with my community because I said, you know, it happens to us all. And we all want to know the next 10 things, especially high achieving women who manage households or children or spouses and family and extended people. Because we like, we need the dominoes. We need to know where we're going. 10 steps ahead is how we keep everybody safe and moving forward and alive. But what's really important is what's the one next step. And when I was spinning last week, uh, coming out of some emotional, uh, just upheaval in my life, there were some things going on. I had to sit down and go, okay, I'm not running Mach 10 with my hair on fire. Let's just be honest. I am human. I am not at my optimal right now. And I knew that. And I was doing it to myself. I was adding more into my to-do plate. And all the things I'd committed to when I was running Mach 10 were coming due. And I was creating this sense of panic in my own life. And I thought, standing in the shower, I can go back to bed and cry or I can get out of my own way. And so I went back to my desk 15 minutes and took back control. I unsubscribed to a whole bunch of things that were adding stress to my life. I recognized I wasn't going to watch all these training videos that I was really interested in at that time when I registered, delete, delete, delete. And I just took the stress right out of it because that's the one thing I can control right now. How much is in the inbox? That one action, it's a really important thing. Slow down. What's the one next step? that you can manage and manage in this moment. Not maybe when you're mock 10 with your hair on fire, but right now I can manage this. Give yourself permission to just do that and let everything else go. It was amazing. I was like, wow, this feels remarkably different than it did an hour ago. (laughs) We, we have somebody watching and they're like, yeah, it's always in the shower. Yeah, totally. It's always, whether if you're on a run, if you're in the shower, if you're going to the bathroom, (laughs) the silence, right? It's the silence because we're focused on that moment. Right. And a lot of people don't understand. And this is something I, I preach like crazy and, and teach to my own clients is when we're emotionally charged, whether that be the overwhelm, whether that be the stress, those are emotions, right? Our, our, we're creating those emotions. So when we're emotionally invested in something or we're emotionally charged by a situation, we're not thinking, okay, do we really want this? How do we do this? What is the one thing I focus on right at this particular moment? What do I need to change today? What do I need to focus on today? every day isn't going to be like you said, Mach 10. There are days where right before this. So today, today has been an interesting. So I did a load of laundry while I was doing the load of laundry. We had a window replaced. Um, My cat ended up, this one's particularly the one that was doing circles in my video yesterday. He (laughs) went outside onto the roof. (laughs) He had to come inside. He was traumatized. And On top of that, I, you know, having to deal with the show, prep the show, I have five businesses, including Mm -hmm. the show. So it's okay. What do, what do they all need today? But on top of that, all it's okay. What do I need? I took an hour before the show to just snuggle with my cat and read a book. Mm -hmm. So important. And it's in those calm moments where we're not focused on the emotions. We're not focused on what do I have to do right now? What do I have to do? Where do I, where am I going? What if, if I don't figure this out, it's not going to work. And you take yourself out of that panic mode and the fear, because we want to talk about fear today. When we take ourselves out of the fear of either not getting it done or getting it done and being even more overwhelmed once it's done, we, we get to see that path and say, okay, this makes sense. I'm going to do it this way. Well, we really can get caught up when you are in the emotional heat of the kitchen, 
why standing in the shower is helpful, it cools you down. It's also the moment of, I think everything is life or death. <laughs> and I get really dramatic. Like my drama queen comes right out. And then I need to have somebody else or myself go, okay, seriously, nobody dies. And then that's the level of like seriousness. Like nobody dies if I don't do this in this moment, I could do it in three days. And you do need to, to slow down to be able to get that rational brain kicking back in saying, okay, I, I am... I believe in everything I committed to and I want to stand in my integrity and my alignment of following through on everything. But in this moment, if I'd shared a little bit of my vulnerability, which said I've had two major upheavals in my life right now, and I am not firing on all cylinders. There was not a single person who I had said, like, I can't, I can't take your training this week. I can't follow through with you who screamed at me or threw their toys at me or broke our friendship for life. It was more like, I'm sorry to hear that that's happening. Totally appreciate it. We're good. But I had to get out of my own way to say, this gives me breathing space. And I'm a week past that moment of impact. It happened last Friday. Well, I'm not quite a week, but a few days past it. And I'm like, I'm remarkably more centered. And I am picking things back up. And I am also having this moment where many people reached out to me saying, I didn't know that was going on. How have you been doing it? I'm like, I didn't share. But sharing was hard. But it really helped me realize I wasn't by myself. And it's okay to reset the boundaries and said, oh, this is where I'm at. I am human. But that was the hardest bit, actually. I think when you're a high achiever and you're a woman who's, you know, mocked in on hair on fire, it's normal for you. I had to go, wow, I'm just human. That's really hard. <laughs> but very empowering at yep. the same time. Not just women, men too. Uh, even my husband. If my husband's got a day off, he works usually six days a week, um, which is horrendous to me. And he'll come home and I'll be like, you're entitled to a day off. Just relax. Like you don't need to do it. Retired to not do something. Right? Fill your time. You're okay. <laughs> you just relax, do whatever you want, play on your tablet, play whatever you want to do for, for your day off. Right. And if he doesn't do something at home, he feels like he's wasted an entire day. Mm. Yet his body needs that reset. His mind needs, so it's not just us women who are go, 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 right? It's men are taught to be providers. They're taught to do, they're taught to warriors, providers, forge, like have it all together all yeah, the time, right? So <laughs> they're from the front, take a bullet for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that causes a lot of stress and overwhelm. So we're going back to the shower really quickly for anybody watching or catching the replay or listening to this, what? Where do you find you get those moments of clarity and you get those moments? Like where, where do you find that? And while you're commenting that or, or while you're going through that, I want to, I want to tell you that the reason why it's the shower is because having a shower is like a meditation mm -hmm. and it's like a grounding. So you don't have to be spiritual. You don't have to believe meditation is good for everybody. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Meditation is as simple as having a shower. And the reason I say that is because med the true, the true purpose, and I'm a spiritual teacher, the true purpose of meditation is to relax your emotions. It's to relax your body, relax your emotions. And relax. It's not to clear out the thoughts. It's getting rid of the emotions, right? Getting you back from past, future stress and overwhelm. It's you're just, you're there when you're having a shower you have to focus on having a shower. You have to focus on washing your hair, focus on washing your body, making sure that you get everywhere. If you're not focused in a shower, you're literally just going to stand there under the water and not get anything done for half an hour, an hour, if you're so caught up in your head. So a shower or anything similar to it will actually relax you and allow you to be calm and focused on what you're doing, which allows those thoughts to come in. It allows those thoughts that you've been pushing away because you've been like, oh my God, I need, this needs to be done. And the panic, right? It stops that panic and those thoughts come through. And that's, that's why the shower. Yeah. The shower, the shower is one. And well, the shower is one where I have to get, sometimes I would say it's not the pep talk place for me. It's the honest place. Uh, but the other honest place for me is, is looking in the mirror. And I don't mean looking in the mirror to see my reflection. I mean, looking in the mirror to say, I see you. And to check those fears, uh, those hesitations, the, am I showing up 
in a way that sits with my values. Yeah. And it comes from a story that my dad told me and this talk about plot twists. Cause every time I've had a major meltdown, I'm sure I've had a, some level of parental conversation with my dad and, and my mom, but my dad particularly always says to me, you know, at the end of the day, only, you know, if you showed up as a good human being today, you know, that's that you have that conversation either with your maker or you have it to me with in the mirror. And he's like, so when you're brushing your teeth before you go to bed every night, you need to know if you showed up in integrity with your values. And if you did not, there's nobody you report it to, but you look in the mirror and be honest with yourself. And tomorrow is a whole new day to try again. And if you did show up in integrity with yourself, guess what? You will sleep easy. If you did not, listen and try again tomorrow. And so all those big profound moments of I'm scared, do it anyway, happen. Probably a little bit in the shower where I think it through. And in the moment I look in the mirror and go, okay, it's time to game on. You feel the fear time to move because the only way to get past fear or any limit i think in your brain is action and it's not the 10 steps it's the one step like you said to your daughter it's the what's the one thing you can do now that you can control not not you know be careful with that this is one thing you can do not that you hope other people will do for you or opinions that lead the conversation it's what's the one action you take yeah. that you have control over and influence over and that's how you start and starting is always, we know, one of the hardest challenges, but that's how momentum is created. Yeah. One action yeah. at a time. It is. Uh, your dad and I, I would love your dad. I, I would absolutely, your dad <laughs> is like me in male form. I, I don't know how many times I've had that conversation. And I, I did a program or I did a program for my clients last year. And the, one of the first things I had them do was look in a mirror. And I said, I want you to stand in front of that mirror. I want you to look at yourself and I want you to think about all the thoughts that come into your head when you're looking at yourself. Who do you see? Who do you mm -hmm. see? Because we are our biggest critic. It's mm -hmm. literally us versus us. It's, it's me versus me, you versus you. It's yeah. not us against the world. It's us against ourselves. We're the ones who are creating these thoughts and these beliefs. 85% and, and I came up with these numbers, so bear with me. 85% of our lives are created by our beliefs. Our reality is 85% our creation. 15% of that are things that we don't control. That's other people's actions, other people's beliefs, other people's scenarios. That's life. That's their choice. And we're not responsible for that. Mm -hmm. But we're responsible for our actions, our reactions, and more than that, how we express ourselves. I, if you go to my Facebook page right now, or my Facebook profile, my personal profile, Melissa Krepsler, if you go to that right now, you'll find under there, it's not changing who you are. It's changing how you express yourself. Mm -hmm. you're, you're not changing who you are at your core. You're changing your beliefs. You're changing how those beliefs affect you, how they impact you, how you show up for yourself, how you want to show up in the outside world and say, hi, I'm here. This is who I am. That's reinventing yourself. The first part is being honest with yourself and saying, who am I? Who do I feel like I am? Who do I want to be? And getting rid of all those you look in the mirror and you see, I don't like my, my eye of rosacea. And a lot of the time I've got my natural item in front of a window, but majority of the time I'm like, I have red, red lines everywhere, right? I have rosacea and I can look in the mirror and I can say, I don't like that. I can look in the mirror and say, I don't like my double chin or my teeth that aren't as white as they could be my, you know, the, me being overweight. I can look at all of those things negatively that I don't like about myself, but I like the person that I am. Yeah. My exterior can represent my interior. It's very hard initially. And it is a, it's, it's a skill you learn and you have to keep going until you're past the discomfort. Because I know when I, I agree, when we look at the mirror and I don't think this is a sex thing. I think this is a person to human to human thing. When you look in the mirror, you start to look and you hear other people's voices. Cause you're right. You're like, I would change the following 3000 things about my physical appearance when I look in the mirror, because that's what we see. We're looking back at the reflection. When I say look in the mirror, I'm going soul to soul. 
with myself. And it takes a long time to go in the habit of this from looking at the physical to looking at my face and not the face of the, you know, the wrinkles and the life that I've lived because I'm very happy to be on this planet earth. Thank you very much. Every day I'm grateful for that, but to hold the gaze, soul to soul. And it's interesting because when you go through plot twists, this is the interesting thing that I, I have discovered in my own journey is the one person you talk about, this isn't, you know, you versus them. This is you to you is the one person you can always bet on 100% of the time is yourself. Absolutely. That's not to say that you don't build bridges and have other people that support you. But I say, when it comes down to some kind of shit show, some kind of crossroads, some kind of, do I want this? The person whose voice has to be the loudest is yourself because nobody else's opinion will ever pay your bills. And so often, you know, we all are shaped and influenced by other people's opinions. It's the fear of other people's opinions and judgments that keep us living by other people's labels. What I love to break the mold of, and I've done it for myself, and I want to inspire others to do the same, is you are not one thing. You are many things. But why don't you just connect with that person on a human level and just be human? And not salesy because it'll come out naturally in the conversation that you sell lumbar support. And Melissa, no, she doesn't need one, but guess what? Her neighbor needs five. Oh yeah, really? You sell lumbar support? Oh my goodness, my neighbor needs five of those. How about I connect you? Like it's exactly. something just simple as that. <laughs> I I've noticed over the last since I started the show. I, I, again, have five businesses, right? We're very multi-passionate women. But if I'm going to move, take that one step of action. You know who has to make that step? Nobody else but me. So I always say to people, you will never, ever, 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 ever regret betting on yourself. Yep. I Look in the mirror, soul to soul. Yep. Shine and step forward. It's amazing the ripples you can create. And the dominoes you don't yet see. But you have to have some level of faith, faith in a higher power or faith in yourself. Always faith in yourself. Right. A um, couple things I was writing down, things that I wanted to touch on with that. So I always tell I'm my number one priority. I am a wife and mother. I am uh, an entrepreneur. I am many titles and roles. But the one place that I disagree with you on that is I'm not those titles and roles. I subscribe to those titles and roles. But those aren't who I am. If I turned around and I said, hi, I'm Melissa. I'm a wife and a mother and I'm a fur mother and I'm an entrepreneur. How many other Melissas in this universe, like, oh, I, I should come up with some slogans and I want to do some merchandise right for the show. And I'm trying to think of all that. And then I just had this like virtual download in my brain go this, 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 this. And it just all flowed. When you're when you're listening to yourself of what you need and what you don't need, especially in your occupation, things change. Those doors, those things that you've been struggling with, whether it's a year, six months, five years, whatever that looks like, those struggles become clear when you actually start listening to yourself and aligning to what you're trying to create. That's right. It always yeah. starts to listen about listening to yourself. Yeah. Like you can, people say, oh, well, I listen to my clients or I listen to my audience. And, but are you listening to yourself? And do you really understand how to connect with yourself? It's not easy to authentically and deeply listen and connect to the people that you're reaching out to. Yeah. And that's when you start to burn out because you go on action mode. And that's what happened to me. I was so busy helping other people that I wasn't listening to myself. And guess what? All those years and all those people that I helped, I helped them, but I could have helped them better and created more results for them if I had a list, learned to understand how to listen to myself and listen to my own feelings because I did not want to listen to my feelings. When you understand how to deeply listen to your own thoughts and feelings and, and intentionally choose a thoughts that help you with your feelings, you're able to hear other people's thoughts and feelings better. And not only able are you able, going to be able to connect with them for whatever their professional calling is, but you're going to help them improve their lives. Because when you learn how to listen, you learn how to listen to your partner, you learn how to listen to your family, your neighbors, 
Like once you learn it, it's a skill that you apply everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because everything that you do, all your reactions, your responses, your emotions, your behaviors, all of those come down to you. They all come down to what you believe. If you believe that you're overworked, you're going to become overworked. You're going to burn out, right? If you're not listening to your body and your body says, Melissa, I'm tired. Like I just, I need an hour or a day to just recharge. No high emotions, no, no up and down and all this activity, no gym, no whatever it may be. And it says, Melissa, just take a breath and it changes, right? There are so many signs and symptoms of occupational burnout that you can sit there and go, okay, my body is telling me this. My mind is telling me this. And it is, it's a body, mind, energy connection, right? Because, (laughs) sorry, my cat's sniffing my microphone. Um, If only she would meow. She's the raspiest, like I, she's my jazz cat. Like she's got the raspiest meow ever. That's cool. Speaking of. Yes. Um, <laughs> Spaz. Spaz. What do you think? Responded. Hey, Spaz. I was trying to get her to meow. <laughs> She'll follow me up and down the stairs and like trip me meowing because she wants attention. You might get a meow out of her before the show is over. You never know. Yeah, now that I'm petting her. She's going to purr in the microphone, which is quite funny. Anyway, yeah. So it's, there is this body, mind, spirit connection that really, if your energy is telling you that you need to relax and you don't listen, your body is eventually going to tell you you need to relax. And whether that's burnout, whether that's just feeling tired or run down, there, there are all of these multiple, um, symptoms and and signs so what do you think are the signs and symptoms of burnout before it actually happens well so i can say i'm not a therapist a counselor i'm not like a licensed psychologist or anything like that so i primarily speak from my own experiences Absolutely. and what i've seen in other professional women who work outside of the home some of those include like anxiety attacks and those are not you on your off your feet where you can't even work they they show up in your like you get physically ill before you go to work um you're not productive you feel like disconnected from that part of your work you're bored or you're really sensitive because what I started doing is that even though I knew this work like uh theoretically and I knew it for other people because I had been studying it for so long and writing about it and things like that, but I never knew it for myself. But then it started to show up where I would like my body would get shakes or I would start crying before I went to work or I would start crying at the end of the day after I'm like, oh my God, why am I crying about this particular work thing? So it might come out in various emotions. You could get short tempered with members that you're yeah. uh, people, you like your family or people that you're close to. And that's why we say how you do one thing is how you do everything because it's ultimately going to impact other areas of your life too. So those are some of the things that I have noticed in myself or, or you're not sleeping well. That's always a common one, right? Yeah. So I wasn't sleeping well at all. It did, but I would just like, like I said, I'm an action girl. So I would just keep taking action and, and take more action. And then eventually your body will make you stop taking action at yeah. some point. Yeah. So physical illness, yeah. emotional mm-hmm. instability. Um, one the of the performance things goes down too. Yeah. Performance, mm-hmm. physical performance, even emotional, mental performance. Absolutely. Your cognitive abilities. Um, one thing I've noticed is when you do have family, um, you come home and you don't want to do anything. You don't want to socialize. You don't want to you just want to do your own thing and be left alone. And then the rest of your family feels that. So when you're feeling burnt out and you're feeling unhappy with the way your life is going, because a lot of it comes down to unhappiness, right? If you're feeling burnt out, 
that comes down to being unhappy with your situation, with your life, with your career, with your relationship, but everything else will, will suffer if you're not acknowledging that. Like I said, coming home and saying, I just want, I, I need time by myself. Like I'm done. I, and if it's repeatedly every day coming home and saying, oh, I need a glass of wine. You can have a glass of wine every day. I'm not judging you for that. So no worries on there. But if it's something that you feel you need to cope with your day, then something's not right. Or it could be some people, a bag of Cheetos. Uh, one of my mentors would come and just, she would just eat a bag of Cheetos. And then of course she, she had other physical things that happened that came after that weight gain yeah. and things like that because she wasn't dealing with her own emotional life. So it really is called occupational burnout. I think it's called occupational burnout because the triggers are at work, but it, it's, it's everywhere. It's like, like we keep saying is, is going to come back. And it, to me, for me personally, it came down to like, like I would spend so much time on a project and then I would face rejection after rejection. And I started feeling like I wasn't enough. So I started making those rejections and for those of us who work in client facing jobs, clients rejecting you, we started making that mean things about us. But that's when we have to check our thoughts. I started having thoughts of not being enough. Yes. So guess what? If I feel like I'm not enough at work, I'm not feeling I'm going to feel like I'm not enough elsewhere to somewhat. Yep. So mm-hmm. and you'll do things and you'll say things. That's the thing. If you don't feel something or, or you feel like you're not enough you're going to take action and make decisions based on not feeling enough, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this is why I work in identity and we are, I think halfway through, so I can, well, just about halfway through the video, so I can technically do this, is we, when it comes to my Butterfly Lotus company, it's, or not even that company, the a Phoenix Identity, which is all about identity coaching, Every decision that we make, every emotion that we feel, every situation that we find ourselves in, unless it's one of the 15%, so bear with me, everything comes down to how you feel, comes down to how you feel about yourself, how you feel, what you're entitled to, what, where you feel your place in the world is, your identity controls everything, your mindset controls everything. And says, I'm not worthy. So I'm going to put myself in a situation. I'm going to put myself in a job space where people continually make me feel unworthy. I'm going to take whatever I can get and settle for a a menial job because I don't think I'm worth more. And that creates even more burnout. Right. And knowing whether or not your career or your business or whatever occupation you have is what you want, you need to sit back and ask yourself, is this what I want? Is this what I need? Is, am I happy here? And go from there. And if it's a job that you love, maybe it's not, it may be the company you don't love. Maybe, you know, it's like politics, right? (laughs) I love politics, but maybe I don't want to be with this party anymore. I don't, I'm not aligned with what they're doing. So I'm going to move to a different party. Right. I don't know if that's a possibility because I don't get involved in politics, but you know what I mean? It's everything comes down to to your unique feelings about yourself. And burnout is exactly that. If you're not happy in your relationship, you're going to burn out. If you're not happy in your career, you're going to burn out. If you're not happy with what you're doing, you're going to burn out no matter what it is. And then like you like we've been saying, it then incorporates to everything because you're an action taker, right? So when you're not feeling happy, high vibe, positivity, movement, all of that, right? It's like bust it down. Just keep pushing it down. Push it down, push it down, push it down, push it down. Society has told us negativity is horrible. Push it down. Instead of actually focusing and saying, hey, I'm not happy. I wonder why I'm not happy. Maybe I do need to make some changes because that's what unhappiness does. It, it creates change. I'm not happy. So I'm going to just push it down, push down, push down. Eventually it's like a volcano. It has nowhere else to go. And that's what creates the disease 
in the rest of your life. It is a big part of your identity is your thoughts and your feelings. Mm -hmm. So if you're not really in tune with your thoughts and your feelings, you're going to be in that push down hustle mode and you're just going to be in. That's where I was. I was in that action mode. I was hustling like I was in a grind. I was like doing it. I was doing all the things every day. Oh, you want this project done? Yes. Let's do that. Oh, you want this one done? Yes. Oh, you want this one? Oh, no, I can't do that. Okay. Yes, I will. So you kind of get into the grind and you're grinding and grinding and grinding. And guess what? You might be getting some results because I got results, but your results are going to suffer. And actually you're going to get to a point where you're not going to get very good results anymore. It's just going to come to that point. If it's not going to show up in your body, like we talked about, or in your emotional health it's going to start showing up in your results. So no matter how many actions, and that's how I knew I was burning out too because I was getting a lot of no's and then that no's I started immediately it was easy for me to go that oh I'm not enough I'm not good enough I should not be doing this job but I was in the grind I wasn't in tune with my own identity like you said those thoughts and those feelings that drove those actions Mm -hmm. and not thinking the right thought the and it's not it's not about thinking the it's not a black or white thing but thinking better thoughts I should say or thoughts that serve me And I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. So I had to, it was a a critical point where I had to take, I took a, um, a gap year. I took a gap year. And during that gap year is because I was out of the grind. So I would not, I mean, one way you could get out of the hustle and out of the grind and deal with burnout is to take some kind of break like take a a day off or like take a week off and literally like take it off and deal with your own self. But I took a gap year. And when I took that gap year is really, really where I learned how to coach myself, how, cause I was coaching other people for so long with their public relations and helping them and helping other people, like a lot of us tend to do, put other people first. But when I was on that gap year is when I really started to think about my own thoughts and feelings and how those were creating the results I was getting. Because I was always underwhelmed with all of the, the things I was doing in my work. Like I loved my job. I loved my colleagues. I loved the institutions I worked for. I loved the businesses and all the people I was helping. But I just feel like it wasn't Something was missing. And what really was missing was the ability to self-coach and really deal with that burnout, that occupational burnout. Like I said, for people like me, it just doesn't, you're just not cured and you're cured for the rest of your life. You might have a have a disposition to be an anxious. So <laughs> like anxiety is my default emotion sometimes. So um, you really have to, this is a, a life work. This is like dealing with my own emotional world is for me is my life work. And I think the world will actually be a better place if a lot more humans would do the emotional world, but that's just my, just my opinion. We're always a work in progress. Always. It it doesn't matter how good your mindset is. I'm still a work in progress and I'm a mindset expert, right? (laughs) There's there's days where I'm rip roaring mad and I'm like, okay, (laughs) we need to figure out what's going on here today. Otherwise somebody's going to get hurt. Um, it's, we're always striving for a perfection that we're never going to have. Perfection is a myth and every day it's a different thing. Our beliefs. So one of our, one of our followers, uh, your thoughts, creating your feelings, create your actions. It's a vicious cycle. It absolutely is. I always say your mindset creates your beliefs, your beliefs, create your emotions right? If you believe something is hurtful, it's going to be hurtful. If you believe that it's not hurtful, it's not somebody calling me the B word. I'm like, whatever, doesn't bother me. Right. And I don't get upset about it. Even if they're doing it out of anger, I don't get upset about it. Sure. Okay. (laughs) Like doesn't matter. Sure. (laughs) Whatever. But If I turned around and said that to somebody else and they reacted aggressively or angrily or crying because I've hurt their feelings and that wasn't my intention, their belief that that is a hurtful comment would then trigger those emotions. 
right? So everything that we emotionally feel is linked back to our own beliefs. You can say you hurt my feelings, but it's your feelings that were triggered, not theirs. It's your mindset is quite the road. (laughs) It's, It's quite the roadmap. And when it comes to feeling burnt out, Again, all of those little hits to your confidence, to your self-worth, to your day-to-day grind, it's just another hit on your identity, right? And just another thing that's, oh, I, you know, I'm feeling that way. But it's all about how, what we make it mean. So back a few years ago when I was getting, I don't, now that I've dealt with the the issue and really worked on my thoughts and my emotions and my emotional world. When I get rejections, it doesn't mean the same thing it used to me. I still get rejections. Like, don't get me wrong, but my uh, caliber has gotten better. So I get rejected, but it's a different, a different caliber of people. Right. So it's from something different and my computer's acting up a little bit here. Okay. I'm back. (laughs) And so, um, but I really had to go with what I made rejection mean. And when you make something, someone outside factors mean something about you, what you think about them or what you believe about what is said or done, that's when it impacts, you know, your psyche. That's when it starts to really impact, you know, what you think about the work, because when you work, it's not so really what I had to learn over the last few years, it doesn't matter where I work. Like there is a lesson in each job for me for what I do. Um, I don't feel like I have to switch jobs because I'm looking for the next best thing or that I think the grass is greener on the other side. I have to do this work to deal with my own like psyche when it comes to being emotionally well at work and what rejection means. Otherwise, I'm going to be hitting my head up against a proverbial brick wall all the time. And I'm going to keep getting rejections and I'm not going to love what I do. I'm not going to find that next, that next version of myself. I'm not going to evolve. I'm going to stay stuck. A lot of people stay stuck in what they're, they feel like they're stuck in their jobs and they know it's something better is because you haven't dealt with you, what you need to learn in that job for you to access that next version of whatever the next version of the job you want it, you want. Yeah. So I heard a, a story not too long ago that really resonated with me on a different podcast. I don't remember which podcast it was about, you know, the director, the, the filmmaker M night Shyamalan. So he, he, people used to say terrible things about his scripts and his movies he would get some of the like really, and I, I'm used to this kind of rejection where people would say things about my rejection. Like, I don't even know why you wrote this. Like, or I don't even know, this is not even worthy of being published anywhere. And they would say the same things about his scripts and his movies. Like this movie, they would say this movie is like Scooby-Doo and things like that. But, you know, until you come to terms with what you make that mean, like you said, your, your, I don't know how you said it, but like your psyche, your thoughts and your emotions and what you make that mean, you're not ever going to be able to advance your work. Yes. So, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. Rejection is an individual belief. Judgment is an individual belief. I had a guy comment on the show the other day and said that I was being judgmental. And I said, if you believe that I'm being judgmental, then that's your belief. I can't change your belief, but judgmental is a unique belief. I rejection is a unique belief. If some, if you gave me your offer and said, Melissa, I have this, it's really awesome. And this, I I love it. You've, you've got to read it. I think you'll love it. When I read it and I come back to you, if it's not for me, my first thing is not, why did you write this? Because that's a judgment. That's a ridicule right? The proper response is a rejection shouldn't be a rejection of you or a rejection of somebody else's common sense. For you to sit and say, hey, um, you know, it's great, 
I don't, I might not understand where, where you're coming from and I'm, I might not be feeling it. It's great for you, but it's not, it's not my style, right? That's not a rejection of you. It's not a rejection of your work. It means I don't connect to it. Right. And I do that in my pre-screening interviews with people. I, I flat out, I have to record them because somebody was very upset when I said no. And I said, I'm not rejecting you. I'm not rejecting your topic or your passion. It's not a rejection. It's, I don't feel it. And if I don't feel it, I can't consciously move forward with it because it's not right for me. But that doesn't mean it's not right for you. That doesn't mean it's invalidated. It's how you think about that rejection is I'm not being rejected. Now, if the person's intent is, oh, this is crap. Like, I don't even know why you wrote it. I'd be like, you know what? that's fine. That's your opinion. Doesn't affect me. I love my work. Doesn't affect me. That's like, again, this show, not everybody's going to like the show. You're having an hour of random conversations about a topic, right? (laughs) While I think it's a great show and most people will think it's a great show because it's inclusivity. It's judgment free. It's a safe space to talk about those struggles and how to overcome just like the rejection. And the occupational burnout is the way you look at it. My favorite quote that I've coined is negativity is the catalyst for positive growth. Every negative experience, every thought, every belief, every piece of negativity that you encounter in your life has a lesson for you to grow, whether that's growing stronger, smarter, wiser, more beautiful, whatever that means for you, it's going to create some form of positive growth, depending on how you look at it, what your perspective of of it is, how you transmute that energy from a positive, a negative to a positive. I can, one of my superpowers is I can turn absolutely every negative into a positive growth, Mm -hmm. every single one. And it's because I look at them differently. That's what it comes down to. You really have to look at it differently. And you might, somebody might say no in one place, but you'll get a yes somewhere else. And that's what, one of the things I had to start telling myself now is like, okay, well, I like peaches, but I'm pick on you, Melissa. Melissa doesn't like peaches. So I will take my peaches Elsewhere, someone else likes peaches. Melissa likes apples. So if Miss Melissa and I ever run into each other again, maybe I'll have some apples I can offer. If not, that's okay too. Or maybe so, we'll just make apple peach pie. <laughs> right? Everybody is entitled to their own unique beliefs and the, and needs and likes and dislikes. And that's what our identity is made up of. My identity isn't, hey, I'm Melissa, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm a talk show host. That's not my identity. Those are things that I subscribe to and roles that I love, but that's not me. I am fiercely protective of my family. I love being near the water. I love swimming. And that's like my favorite workout if I ever do work out because I'm over 200 pounds. But I love to go to the beach or go to the pool and just swim. Uh, I dream of being the next Oprah Winfrey and I want the mansion that is on the hill in Winnipeg for eight and a half million (laughs) dollars. That makes you feel like, you know, me, it's my, it's my dreams, my goals, my likes and dislikes. I don't like judgment. I don't like judgment. I think there's no place in the world for judgment unless you've done something illegal or morally wrong. Right. And that's why it's so important to realize why you're doing the work that you're doing. Like you want to be the next Oprah Winfrey, for example. So you and Oprah are going to get a whole lot of rejection. She doesn't get as rejection. But when she was coming, <laughs> yeah. But when she was starting off, I'm sure she would be happy to probably tell us she got a lot of rejection. That's just part of it. But like you said, okay, well, what am I going to do with that energy now? I might, you mentioned learning from our rejections. And sometimes I have to admit from my own personal experience, it's hard for me to learn why somebody said this about my project. I don't get it, but guess what? 
if I don't get it now, that's okay. I'm going to go cook some dinner because that's one of the things I love. So you have to spend time on the things you love. I love cooking. I love film. Clearly, I mentioned film, filming earlier or movie making and grocery shopping. Oh, well, they just rejected my project or a client didn't. I coached somebody on this the other day. A client didn't show up for a call. You need to have something that are you moving? If you can figure out the what and the why, trust me when I tell you the how comes later, because yeah. what you can do is borrow the how from somebody else who's already figured it out. Let me say that again, because it's so important. If you can figure out the what and the why of why you need to move and where you're going, the how can be borrowed from somebody who's already been there. That's why we have guides. That's why we have support. That's why you have networks. That's why you are a human connected to other humans on the planet saying, yep. show me how and model their behavior and assess if it doesn't have to be in a replica, but it can be a starting point. And you go, oh, that bit I'm going to borrow. Does it fit like a nice jacket? Okay. I'm going to keep that component. Those shoes, really uncomfortable. Can't really walk that well in them. Then they're not the right pairs of shoes, but what? eventually it's going to be a slap <laughs> like it's the universe is going to slap you and I know it it's not from hatred or it's not from your bad but it's like we've given you this invitation and we've given you this invitation and invitation 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 now you're coming to the party <laughs> like nice yeah no, I agree. Being an empath is, is hard at first. You're not alone. For anybody watching who, who feels like they're an empath, you're not alone. There are so many empaths in the world. It, they're just about as many as intuitives. And I believe that everybody is an intuitive. It's That's your sixth sense, sixth sense your gut instinct, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mother's intuition. Intuition is, is a global gift. Everybody has yeah. it. And I agree. When it comes to empath, not everybody has it, but it is highly common right now. And I think the world, right? Uh, that's the thing. Reinventing yourself, there's a lot of fear in that, right? And it is. It's not doing it because you're afraid of what could happen, not doing it because. It's the purpose of empaths is to bring compassion, can bring unconditional love and understanding to say on the outside, you look okay, but you're, you're, you're not feeling okay. Yeah. Right. And just bring that awareness that it's okay to not be okay. Mm-hmm. I agree so with that. Empaths are, are exceptionally important. They are. And I, I think especially now that so many are becoming empowered or 